welcome back to the report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an EMS and emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm also a clinical assistant professor affiliated with the University of Washington and the co-founder of the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Project. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. And on today's episode, results of a multi-centered double-blinded randomized control study on remdesivir, how do dermatologists categorize cutaneous COVID-19 lesions? And how many otolaryngologists does it take to swab a nose? Let's get started. The report for May 27th, 2020. By the numbers, the CDC released data revealing that over 60,000 healthcare workers have been infected with COVID-19 and almost 300 have died. However, the National Nurses Union reports that the numbers may be even higher, stating their records indicate at least 530 deaths. Climate. Researchers call attention to the ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic is unmasking healthcare disparities in two widely different groups, truck drivers and tuberculosis patients. Researchers from London examining the impact of TB patients advocate that the vulnerable population should not be sidelined and warns that strained healthcare systems, diversion of resources, and underlying comorbidities may lead to these patients becoming collateral damage within the pandemic. Epidemiology A group of Thai dermatologists review the diagnostic and prognostic value of dermatologic findings in COVID-19. They suggest... Cutaneous manifestations can be classified as either viral exanthems, such as eruptions, petechiae, and vesicular lesions, or vasculopathy-related lesions, such as chilblain, levidio, purpura, and acrocyanosis. They speculate that some manifestations may be useful diagnostic clues in patients with only mild illness, while vasculopathy-related signs may indicate more severe systemic disease. Obesity in COVID-19. A study of over 3,000 COVID-19 patients found those younger than 50 with a BMI above 40 have an 11% increased mortality compared to those with lower BMI. Patients over 50 with elevated BMI were also associated with mortality, but to a lesser extent. This suggests that the equation of obesity over age may be a stronger predictor of disease outcome. Understanding the pathology. A UK biobank analysis of 322,948 subjects with a mean age of 68 found an association between the APOE E4E4 allele, which is associated with late-ons and Alzheimer's, and a positive COVID-19 test. Similar results were obtained after excluding patients with pre-existing conditions linked to COVID-19 severity, suggesting that the APOE E4E4 allele independently increases the risk of severe COVID-19 infection. Transmission and Prevention An assessment of viral load in two COVID-19 patients in Seoul, Korea via nasopharyngeal and oropharyngeal swabs, saliva, sputum, 
in urine cultures using RT-PCR found that the viral load was consistently high in saliva and relatively higher than in the oropharynx during the subclinical period, which raises concern for occult transmission. Management The Asian Pacific Association for the Study of the Liver COVID-19 Task Force published clinical practice guidelines for management of liver injury, liver transplantation, autoimmune diseases, chronic liver diseases, delivery of elective and emergency services, and conducting clinical trials in the Asia-Pacific region during the COVID-19 pandemic. Adjusting Practice A case series of nine patients who presented to King's College Hospital in March with pulmonary embolism associated with COVID-19 prompt clinicians to lower their threshold for ordering CT angiography in patients with prolonged history of illness and immobility, elevated D-dimers, and worsening respiratory illness. A retrospective observational study in Beijing found that during the pandemic, acute ischemic stroke patients exhibited on average a 40-minute longer hospital arrival to perfusion time than before the pandemic, suggesting the need to streamline COVID-19 screening and hospital admission protocols for suspected stroke patients. R&D, Diagnosis and Therapeutics. Finally, a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial found that remdesivir shortened the time to recovery in patients from 15 days to 11 days, supporting its purported therapeutic potential in patients with COVID-19. Mental Health and Resilience In addition to obesity being a physical risk factor for more severe COVID-19, what is the effect on mental health? A study of 2,094 participants in the United States, United Kingdom, and France found that an individual's perception of weight discrimination is a stronger prediction of one's concern about the virus, engagement in preventative behaviors, mistrust in public health agencies, and sense of social isolation. This highlights why risk factors for disease need to be communicated in a way that does not stigmatize individuals. Psychiatrists found that after five weeks of lockdown in Spain, neuropsychiatric symptoms, most commonly agitation, apathy, and aberrant motor behavior, worsened in patients previously diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and amnestic mild cognitive impairment. Furthermore, while 30% of the patients reported worsening of health status, 40% of caregivers reported this as well. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more. With COVID-19LST.org.